0: The Institute of Directors' professional development programmes equip learners with the knowledge, skills and mindset to be enterprising and innovative, enabling organisations to become more productive and competitive. The IOD's programmes ensure directors develop an awareness of their interpersonal skills, legal and business knowledge, financial acumen, ethical questioning, decision-making abilities and the highest standards of professional conduct. The IOD is the only institute in the world to offer internationally recognised qualifications designed by directors for directors under Royal Charter. For more information on IOD training, visit iod.com today.
1: Welcome to the Institute of Directors, Leaders and Business podcast, a podcast where we interview directors from all over the UK about their careers and business. I'm your host, Marlene Lowe, founder and director of Titchborne Promotions and long-term IOD member. Lynn Pilkinton is a strong advocate not only for the future of leaders but also the importance of diversity and inclusion. An inclusion engagement consultant, Lynn speaks from experience when advising her clients on what steps to take now to succeed for the future.
0: Hello everyone Um, and Marlene thank you so much for having me. I am Lynne Pilkington Um, and yeah an an accidental Covid entrepreneur um, fascinated by the future of work, the future of leadership and especially passionate about how equality, diversity and inclusion fits within that Um, and yeah reached out because I I was looking back at like what what, what brought me here and um, I attended the Institute of Directors, it was the event about um, what what we've been taught about leadership during the pandemic and we're included to that and I went along to the event um, because it was open to anyone and I'm quite like that in that if something's interesting, um, I don't wait for an invite, um, I mean, well it was open and, <laughs> and um, listened to what people had to say and a really interesting question was like what leaders are we now and what? why did we need COVID was the opening sentence. And I suppose that for me was a reflection on, on why I needed that. It started me to really realize of what, what the landscape and what I could contribute and what value I could add. Um, so yeah, this time last year, I was working full-time in mental health and training to be a therapist. Um, and my career up till then has been quite a professional pivoter and twister and <laughs> real um, and quite squiggly, and um, so. But at each of those points, I suppose, in manner of using a, a jargon buzzword, um, resilience. In that, yeah, okay, this this isn't where I'm going. Okay, I'm gonna rethink that and twist and and think. Nick, what what have I learned? Where can I go with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that brought me to yeah, with the COVID landscape, everyone wanted to speak about remote work, flexible working how do we talk about mental health? And also I had the kind of, the, this was the, the, some might say that the benefit or the privilege and or the won't, won't shut up, um, character <laughs> of edutaining people in that I was the person organizing the calls and the icebreakers and the nickname, for my nickname being Icebreaker Queen, um, <laughs> which people wanted and needed during a pandemic. Um, so yeah, it led me to building up, finding out about the world of soul trading, and basically, I, I spent a year trying to add good noise, as I say, finding where I can add value, um, and especially around the quality, diversity, and inclusion space, and um, especially with the, the Black Lives Matter, um, the future of leadership, what we're doing, um, and I'd say where I'm at right now is, is still still scoping out what what is the future of leadership, but for that, and I know this that's what the podcast is around, we need people that are not at the end, save their journey, that have not achieved the success, that are are not like looking back and of course, what they've learned and how they got there.
1: Hmm.
0: Also, who who are the the new voices? Who Who are we listening to? What can we teach? What are we looking for? Because as we know, when we come out of this, the leaders, the next generation, the working world's totally changed and that's something which I'm fascinated by and hopefully can add um, a bit of thought, provoca- thought provocation and, and some answers hopefully.
1: I think what I've really loved about you Lynn, each time that we've talked and interacted and had discussions is that you look back on your past and the careers you've had as a stepping stone to where you are now Mm. and I really admired that because someone like you that's had a lot of different careers or been in a lot mm. of different sectors you run the w- risk of sometimes feeling aimless mm. or like you don't have a direction mm. because there's always been that um prejudice isn't quite the right word but but that drive that someone needs to find their calling and stick to it right Whereas you've found an overall calling in every single job that you've done So maybe you can talk us through that because that directly impacts why you're so, um, such a big advocate for diversity and inclusion.
0: For sure. Um, And I think that's something which you mentioned there looking back to going forward. I was training to be a psychodynamic psychotherapist, which is all about, um, we need to look back to find out where we're going and who Mm -hmm. we are in our identity. So I would say a lot of that is to do with my own inner work and um, the kind of school of Psychology, which I'm, I'm have have had a bit of experience of, but I think that is so important. We need to take time, and that's where, again, during COVID, a lot of people who maybe hadn't had much time to to look back to think about who they were, what their purpose was, where they were going. And I'm someone who's always been told I'm very self-aware, and if and for that. Um, really taking that proactive planning so on the day before we went into major lockdown I was doing my own Lynn COVID COBRA planning because I was like I need to work out what's going on what's going to happen what answers do I have and how do I collect that information Mm. and where you realize in these unique environments and as you mentioned different environments you find discoveries about yourself which you gather, you reflect on, and I'm very big on then, what have I learned there? What worked? What could I need to improve on? And what can I change? And how do I move that forward? And for me as well, the the common you mentioned there, yet yeah, squiggly different sectors. For me, first of all, we are definitely in a space where careers are not going to look like they've looked like before. Yeah. And so many of my peers have got into a place where they're 10 years down the line, and they were handed a prospectus at 14 and told to choose your life path. Mm. We want more, and you'll have seen the research that comes out from the McKinsey's and the consulting and everything saying, the future of work, we're gonna have portfolio careers. We're gonna, especially the the internet, we're gonna be doing what we need, where we want to go. We don't, we're driven by different things. And um, for that, it's really important that we have spokespeople that say, hey, what well, is traditional anymore? Is traditional not more um, learning and throwing and trying and, and doing that. Um, and I would say definitely for, for me and my journey it's not a lot of it's not being through choice. and I think that's a really important um, I suppose message to stress that you can get to a place where you can look back at your discovery and have spent a lot of time working through your stuff. But that's when you become the hero of your own story. That's the purpose of all therapy and I think all professional careers that you want to share your learning and message because again, it's that whole rather than be a victim of circumstance, and I'm not going to say that is easy. There's things that I definitely would like to change about the way mainstream education is run and mainstream employment. We need to make it easier for people that are coming from diverse places to access those mainstream spaces at the same time mm. when my friends were graduating say with four-year degrees in geography and there was an economic crisis and couldn't get graduate jobs I was like oh I've actually had an internship and I've learned work skills I know I know for the third sector and I can learn policy and for me for anyone that's looking back at, whether it's your third sector career you're moving into the public sector the private sector trying out placements volunteering for me the common threads and for anyone who is doing their personal branding for me it's the curiosity the drive for learning the hard work to say and I'm, I'm a massive just sponge of being like in this situation what can I learn how can I make the most of it but also I'm at risk there of sounding, I think, resilient, um, to use a jargon word, resilient beyond how it's felt at the time. There's time and space for mourning when things do not say work out. Um, for me, it was a career in law, which I aspired to. And but I didn't, that that wasn't something that worked out for me at that time. But I explored the night classes. I joined the Law Society of Scotland's two of their subcommittees to try and influence and change that. And for using that experience to then say, well, how can my voice be heard and how do we make it better for the next people coming up behind us?
1: Can you tell us a bit as to why this is a topic that is so important to you?
0: Of course. Um, For that, um, I will draw on a second year report card when I was in school, (laughs) there was my geography teacher. Lynn has a strong sense of right and wrong. And that I do, I, um, for me, social justice has always motivated me. And I think people shy away from, say, for me, I realize it's not really social justice in a traditional, um, I suppose, campaigning advocacy type way, it's more integrity. (laughs) And I have a, a way that I think should be done. And I stand up for what that is. And I don't believe that I need to come at the compromise Of not building bridges with people Mm -hmm. and for me um so i didn't understand why because my father earned the money in my house he got to sit at the top of the table i didn't get it Mm -hmm. and for me that curiosity curiosity to understand why the world works the way it works so for me any sort of discoveries i found in the work environment um, to me has just seemed like common sense and curiosity and I guess it's double barred it's, I care so much about it because when I see things I think could be done better and could be done differently, then I see that and I find out solutions to that. And I suppose I match that with, I'm a big people person and I'm a big person that if someone wants to learn, I ain't gonna tell them off for trying, Yeah, try too hard and being so ignorant of things myself. So I guess I've matched that unwavering sense of justice, doing things better, doing things championing for those, oh, hey, we we don't quite get it, but here are things that we can do. So for me, diversity inclusion, it just makes sense. Like if someone has not got UK-based qualifications, but they have the aptitude to do a job and we set up an application system that doesn't let them apply, we're missing out on talent team. Like we need to change that. Mm. The people that are doing that. And for me, it's always been about that communication, the connection that really fires me up is that I care so much because people are not speaking the right language to each other. Mm. I often find that people that are affected and impacted can't quite talk to the decision makers in a way that maybe lands in their working group schedules. And the decision makers can't find ways to talk to people that are affected and for me that came out at citizens advice where I'd be advising people on the front line about their small claims courts and housing benefit and then they were very angry and a lot of the situations it was very frustrating and there was no solutions for them at the point it seemed like temporary solutions so I got interested in policy because I wanted to work with right press releases to get in the front page of a paper to go to the the Scottish Parliament to have a members' debate to say, can we change the legislation? And that translation between the two, the decision makers, the people affected, there's I'm a big one for breaking out of the knowledge and, and finding the tables that people need to be sitting at to have that two-way conversation.
1: Mm. What's for anyone that wants to get involved more in diversity inclusion, mm. or f- for those leaders that know it's something they need to focus on but don't necessarily know where to start what advice would you give sure.
0: them? um first of all i'd extend empathy to that and say i i get that and a big reflection for me um, i spent a year-ish now being like i could follow to add i'm gonna make it really easy yeah my own journey i started thinking my job was going to be making my buzzwords were going to be making equalities easy. Sure. I know everything about the Equalities Act 2010 and inclusive. <laughs> and-, and I tried and I policy audits. And I was like, Blue and Eggland, this is really hard. You've got nine protected characteristics and languages changing all the time. And then Black Lives Matter happened. And how do I stay up to date with all of it all the time? And how do I tell people and make that easy? Hmm. And I would say I'm pretty good at that. Like, my career has been taking something like the Scottish Welfare Fund and turning it into a wall display with cookies and getting in it like I am (laughs) taking complex information and translating it yeah but how do we how do we take something like equality diversity inclusion so first of all extending empathy to say hey that's really important that you're interested in this topic I'm so glad welcome 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 it's a great place to be and (laughs) one, if you're not having this conversation yet, probably start thinking about it. I think definitely we need to start, for for anyone that wants to start with it, being curious and humble around what you don't know, definitely. Learning from those who are affected, for example, if you have, say, diversity networks, which many leaders of organisations will have, showing your support, Mm. thinking about what you don't understand and having that curious growth mindset, it's all about not coming from a place of, um, I know what's best, Mm -hmm. the people that are affected. Now I understand whether you're talking about disability, LGBT, ethnic minority, whatever that looks like, there's so many areas that you could get started in. For me, start by acknowledging that you want to learn more, identify the areas that you feel you could brush up more on and then find the roots to hear from those voices. Um, and for me, there's always a time and a space where if someone comes in to a forum, comes, reads up on a blog post and has questions, then you say, okay, I hear where you're coming from and you want to learn. So if people want to learn, I think it's up to, to all of us to welcome people into that space and also to reflect, I suppose, there's lots of just quick fixes and. For me it's about um learning that that learning is going to be ongoing it's going to be challenging it's going to have to challenge yourself but that's that's what's required of this essential conversation
1: how can people stop it from being just a um paper-based exercise Mm -hmm. i'm using quotation marks for those that can't see it well no one else can see it it's only you and i (laughs) um how can you stop or at least stop the perception that what you're doing isn't just because it's a again quotation marks trend to be on board right. this train now um versus actually it is it is something that you as an organization organization care about and want to continue with so how can you distinguish between true caring and actually doing something versus paper-based exercise because it's a trend that everyone needs to get on board
0: very interesting question and a lot on people's names I would say, again, actions, not words, right? I think action, not words, and starting now, starting yesterday, leaning into to difficult conversations that you don't know about. To use the Black Lives Matter example, um, lots of people came out with statements. Before then, how had they been looking at their ethnic minority stats to see how they had altered their interviewing process to make sure that there were diversity, in interview panels how are they making sure that their boards included positive action to be showing up in underrepresented spaces are our panels inviting people um, to say it's 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 that form of reactivity versus proactivity to what seems I suppose on trend Hmm. whether I guess whether it's in vogue or a meaningful statement I don't believe I'm here to or anyone um, is here to to judge those efforts, Mm. waking someone up to what what they realize they're missing, then welcome, get on board, let's start now, let's start the journey yesterday. So when the next, for example, thing happens, when we hear about women's rights um, walking home at night, you know, you have confidence that you are taking positive action for your board diversity, for your decision-making, your, your leadership positions, for your mentoring schemes. What are we doing now to make sure that we are proactively accounting for any of those barriers or trends that may happen? And for meaning comes. like It's not about quick fixes or wins, but in four years' time, you want to know that your organisation has integrity. It's expected of. In many cases, it's a legal case, of course, but mental health has been opened up. Disability, we won't go back into spaces the same way. Really looking at the areas and and honing every part of your kind of operational plan. And I suppose it's making that, even if it isn't um, train worthy at the time, making that statement that we are open to learning about inclusivity and diversity, and we welcome you. We welcome learning and we want to learn. And if there's something that we're not doing, let us know. Touch opening that door for people that that don't have that voice um, so for me that's it's all about meaningful engagement and follow through the actions actions not words
1: yeah but that actually also makes me think um i've heard the argument on and off uh, of places where that there's no diversity again quotation marks because it's a rural area or the industry is dominated by a Mm -hmm. certain aspect because of the nature of the job Mm -hmm. but that doesn't stop you from putting in the processes so if someone comes that breaks the norm you still consider them so it's not a case of stopping what you're doing now but being very aware that of your current situation Mm -hmm. and then building in the the platforms Mm -hmm. the ability that if someone that is different to what you're used to comes Mm -hmm. along you've got the metrics to be able to assess them correctly
0: For sure, and that's where um, I'm going to go on a little jargon moment, where the difference between positive action and positive discrimination, see this was like when I started out trying to learn how I could offer value, Mm. this stuff is out there already, like I always had these ideas of what I thought people didn't understand, and the Equality and Human Rights Commission has amazing resources on this, ACAS has amazing resources on this. I realized my kind of USP is bringing the personality, the human bit, the saying, hey, I'll be in the end of the line to say, "Oh, this is what that actually means." Yeah. There, positive act, positive discrimination is when people think, say, historically, oh, let's, she's here because she's a woman, or that's a, that's an, a minority hire. No, that's not what it's about. That's illegal. Positive action is where we say, "Hey, we don't represent diversity here, but do we actually show adverts and places that?" part-time workers go do we have our meetings at times when carers might be able to attend do we do something or if you aren't able to do that it's all about reasonableness and proportionality but looking back and just saying hey what voices are we missing and how do we get those voices to the table hmm. that's again for throughout my career a pattern of being like hey who's who's not in this room and why are they not here and taking that sense check off. I'd love to hear from the people what I don't know
1: yeah do you feel like you've been pushing a very big rock up a very steep hill doesn't everyone
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god um touche yes <laughs> no uh do I um no not so much I feel it's more how can I take this analogy <laughs> I feel like um the rock everyone can see that the rock is there and everyone's like how, how do i get involved with push, pushing this rock up the hill with you like where, yeah. where's my place in this this rock pushing and i'm like hold on team like we can work we can work together there, there will be <laughs> but also i think the hill analogy doesn't work because we mentioned that there will be some sort of panacea of what the solution to equality diversity and inclusion is mm. and my solution which I've recently stumbled upon is facilitating a space where we can all have equalities, existential crises and be like,
1: hey, I don't know either. I don't
0: know. For me personally, I probably know 90% more of what most people do, right? But, and or whether that's getting commitment at board level or getting yourself an equalities professional in-house or getting stuff sense checked by that, or HR knowing that they need to, to think a bit more about this. Mm. But, I mean, people want to push that, that, that up the hill, but they, they don't want to put in the effort sometimes to do it. They don't want to do the workouts. They don't want to be on the protein diet shakes or whatever it is. I've never done a, a, a muscle building training machine. But you have to do that, <laughs> right? You have to get the solution. you got to put in the work to get the solution. Yeah. That's really, that's, hard, that's a hard, hard sell, kind of, at the same time everybody's buzzing around the rock being like how do I get how do I get into it how do I do this yeah it's place to be people need to take a beat though and recognize it ain't going to be a one week unconscious bias training that gets you pushing up a rock and then lots of little lovely boulders that give you solutions it's a long long term long game long lots of people involved
1: it's a lifestyle change culture change organizational change all the big changes that are hard to do but worth it in the end
0: but when is a better time to do it? Yeah, resetting.
1: Yeah,
0: for me, the, the career thing that's gone through me again, another thread has been: why are we doing it that way? Like, or we shouldn't really use why. That's very accusatory language my therapy training would teach me. But <laughs> what, would be, what would be a better way to do this? The world of business has been reset. Leaders have been reset. If you are doing organisational change, which everyone is doing right now. Why would you not be building back in a way that is culturally resetting for the better? Which, luckily, that's now on the agenda. Mm. Um, which, yes, yeah, really heartening stroke bleak that it took a pandemic for people to, to wake up to that.
1: <laughs> what would be your message to the world? What message would you want to
0: leave behind? Um, Interesting. I did this recently in a podcast and I mentioned that I'm a riffer, not a soundbiter. So I'm fair, I'm not the best. <laughs> being like, I do love motivational quotes though. Like I am a motivational quote holder. Um, For that, that um, just because you're scared to try doesn't make an excuse not to. And i use myself as an example for that, right? I am a recovering perfectionist. I am someone who last year sat and read so many books on leadership entrepreneurship and was like, I ain't going to, I ain't going to publish this website or start talking to anyone till I am a perfect website to offer. i was <laughs> like, no. And then I, somebody, a very good, good kind of inspiration for me, I suppose, said, Lynn, you learn by doing. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm Hermione e. Granger. I read all the books. <laughs> I learned to drive by reading textbooks and sitting at home using a plate <laughs> to try and work with gear sticks. But you chuck, you just go out, you get your message out there, and then you learn and you bring people along. So definitely, there has to be something about learn by doing, and do not stop. The fear of failure cannot stop you trying in the first place. Which in the inclusion space is so, it's it feels so big or so overwhelming. Being humble and being, for me personally, being kind to yourself, um, and also that. Um when things the my biggest one is yeah, when something goes wrong, air quotes in life, just yell plot twist. (laughs) I love that. Plot twist. (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) And then be like, someone else who's directing this ship, it's me.
1: (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience that we haven't covered yet today?
0: I, I guess hopefully it's just that humanizing element of I hope that shares is that this can be, this doesn't have to be a a scary topic. It's an overwhelming topic. And I suppose I get overwhelmed, right? Mm. I learned yesterday that Zoom has integrated captions. We are running down a highway. The world of work is changing. And for me, what I can offer probably to that space is let's facilitate those existential crises together. Mm. Not very professional, but let's hold hands, co-pilot in a, you know, appropriate way. Yeah. (laughs) this is tough but essential work and I would say everything that in my life has been tough has been the most essential um and also I would I guess the the bit that I always think what will we in 10 years time what will we look back on and think wasn't that weird we didn't do that yeah this is one of those areas which in 10 years time if you ain't doing this it's gonna be so weird Yeah. weird to think we're still nine-to-five robotons that don't cater for carers, ethnic minorities, women, and all different kinds of sexual orientation. So I guess the message is just like welcome, it's good to have you, it's about time. Um, Yeah and I'm really excited to see how people respond to this and even if it is just saying hey I don't know much but I'm going to subscribe to one newsletter today to find out more and good for you.
1: The Institute of Directors is in the heart of all major cities and continue to represent your point of view as a business leader, both locally and nationally. Our objective is to ensure that your views are taken into account when the government is reviewing policy, legislation or seeking the opinions of the wider business community. If you're interested in joining the IOD, please visit www.iod.com. Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's episode by engaging with us on Twitter or joining the LinkedIn group.